The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. Woof, I know, I know, Wolfie. We are trying to begin episode 600 of Far Lands or Bust today on Monday, August 8th, 2016. You may be saying, Kurt, you said previously, I heard upon the grapevine that you were trying to get episode 600 out on August 6th. But no, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) Ah, no, no, it didn't. August 8th, actually, this was totally intentional and not at all due to other reasons. But uh, August 8th is is actually now going to be doubly important because we're going to uh, we're going to double our double mint gum. No, because August 8th, if you remember, you should remember, is actually the date that episode 491 was published. And you may be wondering, Kurt. Why do you care about such a random and non-necessary number? Well, episode 491 was actually episode one of season six. Season six started on August 8th, 2016, so episode 600 now. Start episode 600. August 8th, comma, 2016, proper formatting. Formatting? Episode 600, uh, season six. Well, no, that that doesn't make sense. That'll make it seem like season sti- six sticks. Mm, fish sticks. <laughs> um, let's just say indeed. <laughs> That's what we do. Start of episode 600 for your August 8th, 2016. And uh, yes, I know, Wolfie, we got to make some, some progress here. Do I need some tools I could use? Well... Aside from myself, I could use some, uh, some basic... Whoops, that's not how you make that at all. Oh yeah, the sliding doesn't work. I've been playing too much Minecraft bingo. Uh, that's not how that works at all. So yeah, let's, uh, let's grab our stuff. So yeah, I figured we couldn't make August 6th, so let's try, and hopefully I'll be really beside myself, um, like this. I'm not... I'm beside behind myself here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll really be upset if I can't get this up on Monday, August 8th, but I'm hoping so. Because that is that is uh, disco sign doesn't advertise. That'll that'll be an appropriate thing to uh, to match. One year, one year of season six, and in that one year, of course, uh, August eighth, twenty fifteen, is when we started season six. The Child's Play charity fundraiser for season six. Over at farlandsbus.com, we said we would try to be raising $60,000, and that we are continuing to try. Right now, up to $38,353.00. Whoa, I'm getting a little bit discombobulated here. I'm reading reading numbers off my notes. $38,353 at the time of this recording. That is 63% of the way there. I do appreciate. I know it might seem like, oh, we're not raising as much money, or oh, it's taken over a year and we're not even there yet. But think about it. What $38,000 is for Child's Play Charity, what that gets hospitals around the world 
getting them toys, books, games, and whatnot. And it's not just big old Xboxes or expensive things like that. It's 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 iPads and, and iPad apps and uh, you know whatever little uh, little things maybe maybe needed by the by the hospitals or, or whatever services are being provided and. Uh, that that all goes to help that, and that is much appreciated. So so fear not. True, we may not be blasting through these goals in a week like certain uh, marathon charity fundraisers go, but that that is not the way of our journey. Our journey is is slow and constant, and uh, we we will get there when we get there, and we're making progress. Progress is being made every single episode here. So I do appreciate everybody who continues to donate to the charity at farlandsorbus.com. The offer still stands, also, that when we reach $40,000, I will join the Mindcrack Crack Pack server, kind of enter into my first serious foray of modded Minecraft, very seriously modded Minecraft over there on that server. So we just got to reach uh, that four thousand or forty four thousand forty thousand dollar goal, and that would uh, that would make that happen as well. Little, little incentive to keep it keep it rolling here. And like I said, I do appreciate. And of course, episode six hundred here, kind of crazy, kind of crazy to think about. I don't have anything special planned. I asked for suggestions, but a lot of them were things I had already done, like go to the Nether or find some more diamonds or. Uh, one was uh, go to the build height limit and do something up there. I think I've, I've actually, I do doth and declare remember being up there already, but accidentally. I think it was during a flobathon. You'll have to maybe go back and correct me. But during a flobathon, I think I climbed and ended up on top of a really tall mountain that was up at world height limit. And I think I built the elevated hidey hole without knowing that I was building it towards world height limit, and then I disappeared. Well, I didn't disappear, the, the textures disappeared. Because once you, in this version of the game, go above uh, 128 blocks, I believe it is, is the maximum here. Uh, once you go above that, the textures, the lighting disappears, and I was in third-person view, and, and, and my 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 uh, player texture just like went blank so that i think we've already done that i think we've already explored what happens there so yeah i don't i don't have anything uh, particularly special planned maybe relying a little bit on minecraft to try to provide us with something amazing but then again we will not be disappointed if we do not i'm not sure i'm also uh, kind of on the fly here trying to uh, i'll decide whether or not I want to make this kind of a special extended episode, I was considering, well, 600 episodes, season 6, it's going to go up on August 6th, but isn't. Uh, I can make it, instead of a standard three-day episode, I can make it a six-day episode, but that might be kind of pushing both myself, the game, which likes to freeze and crash after a, a certain amount of continual play, uh, as well as you, the, the audience, your attention spans, making what is normally a 35-minute show into an hour and 10-minute show might mean I lose some you know, halfway through, particularly even with the podcast version. So I don't know, we're just we're just treating it like normal, you know? We're just going, going forth, going west, making more of that progress. Maybe we'll uh, attack on a day or two or three, I don't know, and uh, maybe Minecraft will bestow upon us some sort of magical happenstance or rare item in a in a spawner or something, right, Wolfie? Whoop, woof. You're. You could use a little. You could use a little pick me up. Boop. 
There we go, that's a little bit more better. That's a little bit more better. So yeah, I thought that was a little bit appropriate that uh, we started season six here. Way back at the... what did we call it? Other than like the season five F3 monument. It was a... it was a crater. It was a spirally crater that I built a, a lava tower down to, like a drill was drilling down into the crater and then a, a, a placed upon the perch. It's been one year since we've possessed the diamond sword of spawn pointiness and last episode we recently we, we learned that the the oldest item perhaps and definitely older and perhaps even more uh, important than was the diamond sword of spawn pointiness is our compass. Our compass tells us which way to go as in which way to go the opposite of back to spawn we're traveling away from that uh, and it is it is it has become a symbol of our journey towards these far lands over the whoa over the past 5 plus years which is also crazy to think about so yeah that's uh that's a spicy meatball that's a spicy meatball indeed and how's our armor doing our armor's okay except for those boots ooh those boots them boots though so yeah, I do appreciate everybody's patience here uh, with with what continues to go on, uh, detracting some of, of what I would r rather be working far more diligently at, obviously, Farlands of Bust, but also live streams and, and other videos. Uh, you may notice there have been a, a, a great deal of <laughs> bingo videos going up. Those are a little bit easy to record, and we've gotten a little bit of a group together to start doing multiplayer stuff with that, which is always fun. Uh, but <laughs> suddenly my, my my channel is all Minecraft bingo all the time! <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll slowly ramp up, and I do appreciate, like I said, everybody's patience uh, with that sort of stuff. It's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but, but yeah, uh, oh, oh, something else I, 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 I jotted down in some notes that back a year ago on episode... 491, start of season six. Some of the topics of that episode included included the New Horizons spacecraft recently did its Pluto flyby and investigation. That was over a year ago that that happened, so that was something worth talking about. And now we learn that New Horizons is continuing on, and I do believe they've declared the the next uh, object that they're kind of directing New Horizons towards. Another uh, KBO, Kuiper Belt object. It's going to be able to direct towards. Not quite the size of Pluto, obviously, but, but another significant object beyond the far reaches of the solar system that we're going to get to see and uh, science for the first time. That'll be awesome. Uh, the other uh, topic, we talked about Google+, and how YouTube said that Google Plus is no longer going to be a requirement for YouTube users. A year later, we're still waiting for that. <laughs> we are still waiting for that indeed. Uh, and I think I even mentioned that a couple months ago too. Like, whatever happened to that there, guys? I think it's been a while. I think you could always, as a, like a commenter, as a user of YouTube, you could sign up and make an account without a Google Plus account. But I know for sure, as a YouTuber, as a creator, as somebody who wants their own channel, if you want your own channel and you want to be able to upload videos to that and publish to that channel, it requires you to set up a Google Plus account. So I don't know when that disconnect is or if it ever is going to happen. I was, I was really looking forward to being proven right because I still have yet for this channel 
to set up a Google Plus account. We're gonna win, Wolfie, we're gonna win. So yeah, let's go to sleep and continue in the morning. And an episode 600s-ness. Whoa, watch your stepness. There we go, harmonic. <laughs> uh, hey, let's pick up some skeleton residue while we're at it. Come on, keel over, keel over. There we go. Well done, good job. Mmm, skeleton residue. Let's just, uh, why don't we, why don't, <laughs> what was that? Why don't we, <laughs> porky pig there or something? Why don't we just jump right into questions here. Got a lot of donations and questions. And a very generous one from our friend Yole Ole. Yole. Uh, with a very generous donation. All the all the donations obviously are generous, but uh, just feel every now and again when we get a little bit of a uh, an extra spicy meatball that we need to kind of point it out. And and uh, this time Yole, a longtime supporter of the the charity in Farlands Bust, uh, gave a little bit of a extra special donation. Child's Play charity. Oh, we have over a stack of arrows. I know what I can do about that. Kapow! All right, problem solved. Uh, we can uh, answer this question from Yole. Do you dip a gluten-free chicken nugget in anything? I think in one of my streams I might have mentioned I was eating chicken nuggets or something, or I had eaten or was about to eat. Do you dip a gluten-free chicken nugget in anything? Uh, yes, mm, barbecue sauce. And I've particularly become fond of sweet baby rays. Mm, hickory barbecue sauce because it says right there on the bottle it's gluten-free. You can never be too sure with barbecue sauce because uh, sometimes they add wheat food starches to thicken the sauce but uh, when I first went gluten-free uh, I kind of checked all the labels and this one said gluten-free on the back and it actually tastes tastes pretty dang good so I stick with uh, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Sponsor. No, not really. <laughs> um, I used to, when I did used to have like McDonald's chicken nuggets, I kind of like, I should try that again. Honey? It's kind of weird, and there's a lot of sugar in that, but uh, honey, dipping your, your chicken nugs in, in honey would be interesting and, and tasted good. But I think I'll stick with the barbecue sauce because I normally, once I, I bake the, the frozen chicken nuggets, uh, I also make french fries. So french fries go good in barbecue sauce or I'll have ketchup with the french fries. Uh, so that answers that question. I did also just purchase, they were on sale, both the chicken nuggets and gluten-free chicken strips. So I might try the chicken strips at some point over the weekend or something like that. Big, big day, big day I planned ahead. <laughs> Got chicken strips, it's gonna be crazy. Um, do you, it's a series of questions from Yole here. Yole, uh, do you sleep with your closet doors open or closed? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a, oh gosh, get out. I keep, see now, I'm starting to get used to Minecraft 1.9, playing all this bingo and stuff. Uh, I, I hit shift to try to get out and that didn't work. Also, I've been playing a lot on the Patreon server. The Patreon Minecraft server, which is 1.8, but I do believe the boat get out thing is still shift. Um, closet doors open or closed at night. I can say that, like... In a hotel room or in my old, like, childhood bedroom? Uh, closed. Closed, definitely closed. Some some childhood anxieties and fears and nightmares uh, were fueled by what uh, what exists 
beyond the doors of the, the closet. So those maintain, so I, I kind of maintain a, let's keep the closet doors closed instead of being witness to a vast and empty darkness just beyond the edge of our bed. But here in, in, in the place I'm in, in Arizona, the closet is actually accessible through the bathroom uh, and it's sliding doors. So I, it, it's just easier to leave it open, just so you go into the bathroom and, you know, instead of having to slide open and close and open and close doors all the time, just leave it open. Uh, so yeah, I leave it open, but only because it's out of sight from from the bed, from the bedroom. So, yeah, I suppose it's a, a conditional uh, scenario there, I suppose. Do you, also sleeping question, do you sleep with your sheets tucked in or out? One tuck, one no tuck. Um, tucked in. Um, I, I don't like when the sheets, if they are not tucked in, if they get out of symmetry, you know, like if the corners aren't at the corners of the bed, uh, it, it just becomes impossible to rearrange them specifically in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. So tucked in for, uh, for, for, uh, just to secure them in place. Not necessarily for tightness or anything like that. I do like a little bit of, a little bit of extra room around the feet, I suppose. Um, but I also, it's, it's also one of the weird things, no matter how hot it is at night or anything like that, uh, I always need a sheet, at least a sheet. There needs to be something covering me up to my neck, or like at least up to my shoulders. And that's, I've heard other people who have very similar uh, uh, habits. Uh, but then again, there I, I, I can't fall asleep. It, it might also be why I can't nap. I've never been able to nap in the middle of the day, is because I, I can only sleep if there is, is some sort of fabric covering uh, over my body. Uh, even though I'm sleep completely clothed, completely in a full three-piece suit. <laughs> no, even though you know I'm 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 wearing a, a shirt and shorts, it's not uh, it's not something I can do. Just the sheet protects you from those monsters in the closet. You know, that's how the rules. The, that's the way the science works. We've determined such things. So I gotta have the sheets, or, or just at least a sheet. Indeed, Wolfie thinks so. So yeah, but I also, even for neatness, for whatever reason, my, my parents always sort of uh, placed upon us the, the importance of making one's bed and making it, like, well every every morning. Uh, and, like, when changing the sheets to properly get the, the hotel, the kind of military tuck under the mattress with the sheets and the fitted sheet... Uh, and the blanket and the the comforter or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably also where my predilection to uh, tuck in the sheets comes from. But yeah, those are some some interesting random questions there. And thank you very much for that donation. Yole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from me too five me too five. Did you ever expect to have someone that worked at NASA follow you or, or in my case, used to work there? Even though when I first subscribed to you, I still work there. Um, well, I, mean, I suppose not, just statistically speaking, surprised. Um, but yeah, it's always neat to hear, and, and you've not been the only one. Uh, there have been people who have like offered me like, oh, I work, or, or or maybe it's not them, maybe their family member or friend or parent works at a certain facility, and oh, if you're 
uh, if you'd like to come take a tour, we'll take you on a tour of this or, or get you up close and personal with this this thing. And uh, I've always had to thus far decline just because I, it, it would it would be a great expense to to travel to these places uh, for that. But I, you know, it is always surprising uh, hearing from. From, oh, here's our chance, everybody. It's episode 600. Let's see what, what Minecraft has for us. Ooh, boy. Happy birthday to me. Come on now. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Whoa, that's how you set yourself up for disaster. All right, let's let's uh, let's do this properly. So, yeah, this is always a surprise. Uh, and I, I'm always quite flattered and, and also maybe sometimes embarrassed because I know in many occasions I, I will talk about space NASA stuff and, and be completely incorrect about any sort of facts that I should have. Alright. Hold your breath. Drum roll, please. Oh, gosh. This is actually a curse. This is a double curse. I am not touching anything in that chest. That's a double curse. Um, that's not so much a double curse, but I'm gonna... We are going... Uh, uh, <laughs> The, I don't know that we've ever seen two golden records, and this is actually quite rare. Speaking of quite rare things, I'm not going to touch them. Don't talk to them. Um, golden records. Good uh, had an entire series based around trying to find a golden record. I don't know that he ever did. And here we found two for a little bit of history. <laughs> for just a wee bit of history. Our f one of the first, if not the first, golden record we found was during the second Flabathon. And almost immediately after we found and took the golden record, um, Wolfie disappeared. <laughs> Wolfie disappeared and was unrecoverable. And then that is what set up the quite depressing, depressing uh, finale of that Flabathon. And then prompted the next season's invoked hidey hole paradox to go back in time to, to re reclaim Wolfie from before that event happened. And we even marked off that spawner that we found as an, an evil spawner. We we destroyed we destroyed the golden record of evil in, in, in the fires of a bucket of lava I had on me. And uh yeah, so two two golden records two golden records in a spawner is surely a curse. Now I've really gotta keep an eye on Wolfie and myself and watch where I'm walking. But I didn't touch him. I think really the curse only transfers when you pick him up. Uh, something else happened. It might not have been Far Lines of Bust, but in like another game, perhaps a, a UHC or something when I found golden records and then disaster befell us. They're evil and shall be avoided at all costs. Oh, let's not stand so close to that. Now I'm like super paranoid. All right, so... Gotta be extra, sp extra special. I am ex I'm special. Extra careful now. Uh, with the remainder. So yeah, golden records, in addition to the golden apple and the nether rack and the diamond sword of spawn pointiness and, and all these other things that have some sort of history in Far Lands of Bust, golden records are one of them that have, have quite the, a negative history, so we avoid them at all costs. Let's go to sleep, try to forget that ever happened, and continue in the morning. <laughs> He says, let's be careful, and then promptly jumps into some precarious waters. Indeed. So yeah, uh, to answer that question, yeah, it's always a, a surprise, but it always it makes me feel good. Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard of any astronauts. Not that anybody else who works at NASA isn't as important, but 
I don't think there's any astronauts or anybody who, who are watchers or familiar with Far Lands of Us. I think maybe they're a little bit busy. <laughs> busy with their time being astronauts or former astronauts or anything like that. Uh, to be watching any sort of vidge game let's play on YouTube. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's always neat. It's always neat to know and, and I'm always happy to hear uh, the very interesting and varied careers people have and, and where they work and stuff, so... It's cool beans, cool beans indeed. Speaking of NASA and, and, and space, science. Kavak, with their donation, asks, if you had to choose which rocket launch to watch in person next, what would you prefer? A big but slower liftoff like the Delta Four or five, Delta Four heavy or, or Ariane? Uh, or would you be interested in more smaller and faster like uh, the Vega or there's actually a NASA social. I think it, there's, it's still available for sign up to watch the return of flight of the. Uh, uh, is, is it the Cygnus? No, Cygnus is the name of the capsule, the the the, the resupply ship. Uh, Antares, the orbital uh, return to flight of their rocket, the one that very spectacularly exploded off the launch pad a couple years ago, a little bit over a year ago, I think, more than a year ago. Uh, it's returned to flight, I believe, is at the end of this month, and there's a NASA social to sign up for that. Uh, which that one, I, th I remember it being very fast. I think it is like a solid rocket motor on the first stage there. It just goes kapow, and well, it went kapow, but I mean, it, it just it rockets off the launch pad as opposed to like a Falcon 9. Liquid fuel rockets seem to take their their lazy old time, hovering and then slowly accelerating away from the launch pad. Well, uh, just overall, and I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure I mentioned this many times, the rocket launch that I'm kind of holding out for that I would would particularly say I would put a personal expense towards trying to see would be the Falcon 9 Heavy, which is going to be literally it, it's it's three Falcon 9 rockets strapped to the sides of each other's, uh, much like the uh, the Delta Heavy. Uh, but even bigger and more thrustful. But there have been many delays. They were even saying 2016, but now I very much doubt that. Uh, they had recently talked about how with the Falcon 9 Heavy using the uh, the first stage return to launch, they, they, they've asked for clearance uh, and I suppose they've asked to purchase land around in, in Cape Canaveral there, SpaceX around the, the landing pad on the ground, not the barges, but on the ground landing pad. Uh, they want to purchase land next to those to make two more landing pads because those three first stages will return at the same time after launch, almost simultaneously, at least the first two side boosters will. Uh, so that would be super interesting. But yeah, that feels like that's going to be a while. But that that's definitely the one I'm kind of holding out for and why I've done my best to resist signing up for any upcoming NASA socials or anything like that uh, to view a launch. I mean, that one there might... people have said, well, it's a SpaceX thing. The first flight is definitely not going to be NASA-related. The, the SpaceX uh, still holds socials, and sometimes they fall follow, follow under the umbrella of NASA socials, sometimes. But... But, uh, yeah, that might be the case, in which case there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of ways to public, just go to a place to publicly 
view it, even if you don't make a NASA social about it. Uh, and I would even consider that much. I'm not sure where it would launch from first, though, whether or not they would do it from uh, Vandenberg out here in, in California, or if they would do it... I would think they would do it from Kennedy Space Center, because they recently bought Pad 39A and are refitting it for the Falcon 9 Heavy and, and the potential crewed missions of the Falcon 9 uh, in the Dragon capsule. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping my ear on the radar for that, but I'm in, I'm in no particular hurry. That was the the most wasteful boat ride I've, I've ever taken here in Final Hands of Bust. Let's go 27 blocks. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Kavak, for that donation and uh, question. Rahul asks, what is your most vivid childhood memory about space? Was it Discovery? Uh, was it a, a, oh, was it a Discovery? I'm thinking of the Space Shuttle Discovery. Uh, was it a launch? Well, I don't know how vivid it is, but I do recall, uh, and it was certainly when I was young, seeing on TV. I wasn't in school yet, though, so I must have been four years old or so. Uh, seeing the Challenger launch on TV, and, of course, the subsequent disaster from that... Uh, I kind of I remember that, but it's one of those memories that everybody says, oh, I know where I was there, but then it turns out they weren't there or whatever. Um, just because it's just a sh it's one of these shared memories now that we've seen it so much on TV. And I, I can't remember. I want to say I was watching it live because I was at home. It was in the middle of the day and, and, and my sister was at school or something like that, but I had yet to have started grade school. So I must have been four or something, four years old. Uh, the timeline adds up that that makes sense, but I'm not 100% sure because uh, I distinctly remember then having to go with my mom shopping and I wanted to buy a little like Hot Wheels die-cast uh, space shuttle, uh, but she didn't want to buy it for me because we had just watched one blow up off the pad. So, um, or not blow up, technically bro broke apart, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember uh, specifically if that was vivid. I, I also vividly remember... I was a lot older, but the, the landing of the Pathfinder and uh, Sojourner rover on, on Mars. And I distinctly remember watching that live broadcast on news, news television. Uh, probably CNN or whatever was around back then. They had live coverage as opposed to needing to follow these things on the internet and NASA TV. Uh, I was following it there when they were getting the pictures back and stuff, and they're all, "Oh, this is this is the first step in the next, you know, ten, twenty years. We'll be we'll be landing uh, humans on Mars or whatever." And I'm like, "Hey, that works out perfectly for me because I'll be about the the right age to be an astronaut, and I'll be get to go to Mars if I can do blah 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 blah." Which, of course, other things happen that have delayed that many, many, many times. So, uh, yeah, I remember that, but those are kind of the main ones. Surprisingly, I don't remember hearing that much about Hubble, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope, even though that happened in the early 90s when I was in grade school. I don't remember hearing too much. I do remember being very excited whenever we would have like a single day of science, uh, the science part of our class, and we would talk about space or whatever, but it only ever took up like an entire, you know, a day's worth of, of lessons, and then we moved on to other things, which was always disappointing for me, but... Uh, yeah, I think that answers your question there. You better be happy with that answer. No. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. We have some questions here that I've also lined up in regards to Far Lands or Bust and, and the programming before you. So I think I'm, I, I think I'm good to extend this at least another day. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll review where we're at and what we've experienced on a, on a day-by-day basis. I might, like, take a, like, a quick break to exit the game and then restart the game just so we don't fall into the trap of freezing and losing all my progress as has happened in the past. Uh, so yeah, maybe at the end of this night I'll still do an elevated hidey hole. Gotta make some beds. Well, might as well. Ooh, I need some, actually, good thing I checked. Need some wooden planks here while I'm at it for which to make these boats and subsequent beds. But yeah, I've got some questions here that I thought were very appropriate. Uh, oh, there we go. Talking about uh, Farlands or Bust and my plans and programming and whatever and the future. The future 600 episodes. Uh, so we'll answer those. All right, let's get a bunch of planks here. Whoop. Remember when all the planks were the same color? Simpler times, simpler times. All right, let's uh, let's make uh, two beds. Oops. Just in case we want to go for the full six days, and then a couple boats while we're at it. And uh, the sun is kind of setting. You know what? This is actually a. Boop. This is kind of a perfect spot. <laughs> That's a nice sunset over the mountains. Wolfie seems to agree. He's like, why aren't we digging into the ground? This is normally when we dig underground for the end of the episode, Heidi Hole. What are you doing? You, you crazy person? Did you not see those two golden discs taunting us with their dangerous uh, auras of danger and destruction? But yeah, let's uh, let's go to sleep. And we will continue with episode 600 of Farlands Bust. In the morning. And awakeness. And awakeness indeed. Uh, I don't know. That's not going to be that seamless of a transition. I actually paused and exited the game prior to sleeping. So that's going to be weird. But yeah, let's continue here with day four of episode 600. This question from the anonymous donor, not an anonymous donor that didn't leave their name. The name they left was the anonymous donor. Did you ever consider changing charities? What's going on with the Kurt J. Tat? (laughs) Um, I've talked about this pretty much at the beginning of every Farlands or Bust season. uh, Whenever I set a new donation goal, mm, donation goal for uh, Child's Play Charity that, well, I've thought about and I looked at and considered different charities or uh, even one... One season I said maybe we should have more than just one charity and just take the accumulated donatables uh, up to that point as the main goal. Uh, But I've... uh, it's it's difficult to do such a thing. Um, And it's also just difficult to make such a change. We've been, like I said, supporting Child's Play Charity since the beginning. uh, Since we've started doing the charity thing, part of Farlands or Busts. And uh, there's there's definite reason behind it. The fact that I only I first learned about Minecraft as a game 
from reading the Penny Arcade comic, and, and Penny Arcades uh, are the founders of Child's Play Charity, uh, I found to be a pretty consistent relationship there with my own experience with Minecraft. Uh, yeah, I heard about the there was the two comics, the daily comic of Penny Arcade talked about Minecraft, and I had yet to have heard about it, so I looked it up on found YouTube videos and, and Access Adventures of Minecraft, and the rest is history. So I did that, and uh, I suppose by also an extent, is that's how I discovered kind of the greater world of, of Let's Plays on YouTube, was through that leading to Minecraft, leading to, to YouTube videos on Minecraft. Uh, so there's that connection. They've always been very supportive uh, of, of all the, the marathons and fundraisers that are... Uh, you know, are, are, are supporting Child's Play Charity. We, uh, you know, helped out with being listed on the website and, and, and you know, meeting everybody involved at different uh, PAXs and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it would uh, it would be a difficult thing. I wouldn't want it to seem like I'm replacing or finding a replacement. It's still something that I feel is very appropriate to support. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the it, it, it's just uh, kind of one of these constants. Of course, on the flip side of that, people have expressed interest that, well, maybe people are, you know, a lot of these fans of Far Lines or Bust have been supporting for almost up to those five years. Uh, there could be a little bit of fatigue in just, you know, people might think, oh, I've already given this much to Child's Play Charity. I, I would support more if it was something else. I've considered that as well, and it's always something that's going to remain on my mind, and we'll review and stuff. Um, but right now, it's it's kind of the, the simplest thing is to continue supporting Child's Play Charity. Uh, like I said, to keep keep with consistency and uh, the relationships and, and history, I suppose, with that. Um, of course, we ended up and, and continue to end up supporting other charities through through other events. Uh, beyond Farlands or Busts, you know, through Mindcrack, we've helped out uh, Extra Life and, and Game Changer through other uh, streams or uh, events, uh, mind, you know, the Mindcrack marathons and whatnot. As, as, you know, the first Mindcrack marathon, we went to Child's Play Charity through Farlands or Busts. So, yeah, there's always opportunities uh, to consider that stuff, but I don't, uh, uh, it's not something I feel. That's a spawner. Probably, but we can't see it. Them's the rules. I was gonna say I want to check it out to see if there's something better in there, but Could have been another golden apple, but since we can't see it, we do not explore it Out of sight out of mind So yeah, I've considered it, but it's not I don't think it's it's certainly I don't think a detriment From what I feel all the money Goes to a great cause and a cause that even as a charity is is very puts a lot, a, a great majority, up to more than 95% of the money raised actually goes to funding the the funds, the charity activities themselves. Uh, you know, there's a very little overhead, so I think it's a good charity in that regard. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a trust thing and kind of a, a history thing, I suppose. Um, but yeah, well, you know, it's always stuff we'll think about in the future. What was the second part of that question? What's going on with the Kurt J. Tat? I'm sorry. I'm still going. I'm still. It's still going to happen, but stuff, <laughs> life, life found a way to get in the way. Uh, which, ooh, that was different. Which is uh, always something that happens and can't be avoided. But yeah, I'm still very much planning on it. 
I just, I just gotta find a place, um, both on my body to get the tattoo, but also in the world to get the tattoo from a service, a tattoo artist, if you will, studio, regardless. Uh, so we'll do that, and I even have, I might even consider, well, maybe I should get like a tattoo first, like a normal tattoo, a normal tattoo, like a one that I want, like a non-Minecraft, non-Kurt J. Tat initiative tattoo, um, and then, you know, if I'm happy with the place, if I'm happy with the results, and I'm, if I'm hooked, then I'll go ahead and get it. So yeah, sorry, that feels like I kind of copped out of that responsibility, but no, no, that's still definitely on the docket, and uh, I will sh I will certainly share every little sliver of that that I can when it does happen. Uh, whoa! Okay, Kurt, we still have a little bit of a residual curse from those two... from those two golden records. Be careful. Mm -hmm. oh, that's just a single zombie. All the single zombies? All the single zombies. <laughs> uh, Beyonce. The uh, next question here from... An actual anonymous donor. I was looking for the name. This is like, they didn't write their name. Uh, an actual anonymous donor. Um, if you had to make Farlands a bus for no charity at all, would you still do it? Do you think you would lose, it would lose some of its charm without a charity fundraise for? Um, possibly. I'm not sure, and it's because that's what I started with. Hello, wolves. Because that's what I started, maybe we should pick up another wolf on episode 600. No, that would be very confusing. <laughs> We've already got all the logos and t-shirts made with Wolfie on them. We don't need to add another one. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, um, yeah, since I started it, it's kind of like I can't tell what it would be like without it. It's kind of a... It's all speculation at that point. It's possible maybe I wouldn't have had much uh, incentive to uh, continue it. I'd like to think that I would have uh, continued. And I like to think that maybe you all would have continued watching and, and just based on the series and the personality here. I've got a great personality. <laughs> Not at all uh, vain or narcissistic at all. Um, but I think it definitely would have lost some sort of, I suppose, initial appeal. I suppose if people just hear about random dude walking to the far lands of Minecraft... Might not be as interesting off the, off the top of the head, uh, but oh, it's for charity and it's a charity marathon. You know, just like there's people playing Desert Bus in a in a marathon. <laughs> for the vast most point of that, it's, it's not about the game at all. Even less so than here in Farlands of Bust is certainly about the game and the journey and the destination a little bit. Uh, but it's not as far as that game is concerned. It's more about just fun and, and the charity and and the activities and personalities surrounding it. See, I'm not sure. And it was really, it was kind of a conscious decision where I noticed that Far Lands of Bust, way back, way back in the day, in, in June 2011, was starting to get some recognition and it did seem like something unique and unusual that was drawing an audience. So I figured, why not use this for good? Use this for good and not evil. And uh, attach charity to it. And then that's how I kind of, the whole story like I just told about how I, decided upon Child's Play Charity just to support and whatever, so... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it's not what's happening. <laughs> Let's see here. 
Xavier Penguin. Xavier Penguin asks... What did Xavier Penguin ask? It seems to me that as of late you you have been attending are going to more and more conventions or at least entertaining ideas such as those have you found out that by either wanting or forcing yourself to go it has helped the introverted part of you be not so introverted have you found it easier to entertain the idea of a convention or the ability to go to one yeah and that's uh, that's something I'm still figuring out I suppose and uh, more and more I've figured out as as a thing that uh, not only I don't know that I ever specifically avoided them except for the fact that I didn't know anybody going and now that I know people going and I have a group of people who go and that I look forward to seeing that there is the incentive and it's yeah that's that's a tough one to answer I don't know that I you know I've always maintained I, it's introversion is not something that needs necessarily to be helped or cured or whatever but it's uh yeah I mean it, I think in terms of having found groups or groups, groups or groups, groups or a group of, of people and friends uh, to meet in person. Uh, let's go to sleep. What is this going to be? We did one, two, three. That was day four. This is going to be day five. So if we want to make it six days, we'll have to go another one after this. But let's go to sleep. We'll think about that and continue in the morning. <laughs> And a continuing on this. Um, so yeah, I, I I now kind of almost feel it a necessary thing, because ooh, because and and something that I want to do to have that in-person connection. I I obviously you know ooh an introvert you just want to stay home or be a hermit or whatever and not interact with people. That's not true. That's not true at all, and these conventions now have become a, a a source to surround myself with people. It's it's a bit of a trade-off because you do go great stretches without interacting in person with people, and then all of a sudden, all at once in the span of three days, it's like people, 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 you know, all the people you ever wanted to try to make time to, to hang out with and meet and stuff, and then it's it's done. So it's probably a little bit skewed in the wrong direction still. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy conventions. I'm still, like I said, and I've mentioned many times, tweaking the uh, the environment I put myself in with conventions. Uh, obviously, the first one was really weird and really strange. Going to Paris from, from Minecon Paris was not at all a typical convention experience, but going to subsequent PAXs and 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 Minecons and things, uh, and and eventually here TwitchCon will be a completely different uh, scenario. So it's uh, I'm, you know I'm trying to decide oh do I want to go as Kurt J Mac as 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 a as a person personality uh, and then I go okay as as Mindcrack as somebody who's working uh, that didn't that didn't tickle my fancy too well and uh, how much I need a little bit let's chop down this tree uh, so now I'm starting to decide to just go as me as Kurt and uh, uh, capital K Kurt. Uh, to meet other uh, capital first names of, of people who've become friends and, and, and forging those those friendships even further uh, and, and stuff like that. So I'm still still figuring it out. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly certainly more than I ever imagined. I never had many 
like what you would consider in real life friends. Had a little group of some kind of friends through college, but didn't keep any contact with them after college uh, and never maintained many friendships after high school and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. If I was to have just, like, stayed at my normal job, I would have not been open to this entire cool community of friends and stuff. So it's uh, still, still something worth trying to figure out, but uh, I think we're we're getting there, and I'm I'm certainly finding more enjoyment in the convention stuff, and, um, you know, who knows, maybe I, I will try to spread that sort of sudden over-the-weekend-everybody-at-once uh, interaction to, to try to, I don't know, maybe make little trips without the need for a convention to, to meet up with friends or, or people. I don't know. Who knows? Well, this is all speculation and off the top of my head. Uh, we're all figuring out this thing together, aren't we? Aren't we? The sheep certainly is, now that I've sheared his wool. Yoink. Wolfie agrees. Wolfie agrees. I should have taken a sip of water. Uh, let me actually do that right now. This is get, get me prepared for the flabathon. That's a that's a big bucket of lava over there. Let's try to avoid that. Strafe left. Oh, condensation. It's really moist here in Arizona, Phoenix. The last couple weeks, the monsoons have come in, uh, getting some rain and thunderstorms and stuff. So yeah, a lot of these, I've grown used to the not humidity, but now that it's humid, your your glass of water condenses, has condensation around it, and uh, what else? It's like harder to dry off after the shower or, or whatever, and it's just, it's a nuisance. It's a nuisance indeed, this, this moisture stuff. <laughs> um, let's see, thank you very much for that question. Another anonymous donor, this time speaking a little bit of like the future and, and whatever, programming notes. I, for whatever reason, I, I was reading the uh, <laughs> so I was reading the note and I looked off into the horizon and I saw something floating in the sky. It was my uh, crosshairs. <laughs> I'm like, what is that in the sky? Oh, it's my crosshairs. Um, this anonymous donor asks, why live streams? It feels like a fallback to the not so great age of scheduled television. Where is the advantage to this? This might be in response to how I was saying. Well, I might consider. You know, we've learned apparently that during this hiatus, not uploading videos to YouTube gains you many subscribers, and it kind of continues to. Um, that may be exploring other avenues of uh, content. I'm really, I'm still, it's, it's, I'm, I gotta find a better word, and we gotta find a better word for content creation. Just sounds like a, a, a mass production robot or something like that but but yeah other other uh, platforms i suppose and and twitch certainly is one that has grown in popularity uh so yeah it's always you know i've been doing this particularly focusing on youtube for five years give or take whatever little hiatuses hiatus hiatus eye that i've taken throughout um and uh, just in general across the board Viewerships, most definitely advertising revenue, has has stagnated or, or declined, and uh, I mean that's yeah we can't obsess about that stuff, but it's very important business-wise and, and income-wise and being able to pay the rent-wise. Uh, so it's something you gotta recognize. And and Twitch, on the other hand, 
despite the fact that I've been live streaming on Twitch since almost very early into the beginning when I was still you registered with Justin TV and stuff. Um, it's it's obviously a much bigger thing now and continues to get bigger. And they're showing positive growth over there, uh, despite some very similar problems and hang-ups and uh, weird, you know, kind of stuff that afflicts the, the YouTube community and uh, channels as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why I'm looking at that. A little bit of a change for myself, a little bit of a change of format. I don't, I'm not going to ab abandon YouTube, obviously. I said regardless, I, I feel like Far Lancer Bust is best served as a YouTube series. As a series of sequential videos for, um, you know, Flabathons uh, aside, for kind of archival sake. Gotta have something for the, the Guinness World Record folk to go back on and have proof that I've walked all this way on my own without cheating. So, uh, but yeah, not to abandon that sort of stuff at all. and uh, But just to kind of shift focus a little bit. Um, I mean, you say it's it's like a bygone era of scheduled television. True, and, and yeah, there is the, the give and take of, oh, some people are going to miss this stream because it's this time zone or that, that and the other, and I suppose the answer to that is simply to stream more, which only encourages my thoughts. Uh, stream more and more frequently so that more and more people have varying options to tune in. Uh, but also, I, you know, looking at YouTube, YouTube is very much like that as well. We have to time the times that our videos get published around certain times that people are most likely to watch because after the initial publish, and it scrolls by people's subscription feeds or the most recent feeds, uh, views dramatically taper off. Uh, so it, it, it is scheduled. You know, a lot of people, you will miss an episode if I upload it on a weird time that you're not around to see it. And uh, the vast majority, hundreds upon thousands, perhaps, uh, of other people will miss it, too, if it's not scheduled properly. So, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a give or take there. you got to kind of look at the analytics. But also, it's... I, and I've, I found a good uh, kind of example here, and I don't mean to, like, call anybody out or anything like that, but just talking about, like, how it's, it's a little bit... Uh, it is kind of disappointing... To, to look at YouTube and to be, while well, still feeling like I'm pouring the same amount of effort, uh, if not even having more practice and skill into work, not getting the same return on that is, is very disappointing. And I'm speaking like interaction with views, with uh, engagement, that type of return, not necessarily, but not excluding monetary return. And that's just, uh, that's, that's very disappointing. And then I look at, just as an example, uh, other people, friends who do YouTube, uh, who I look up to and who I feel have excellent content, who are making some of the best videos that they've ever done, uh, and, and not wanting to call anybody out, but somebody like Zisto. Have you watched his, his Zisto Plays Minecraft series? The amount of work and editing and effort that goes into each, every one of those videos... Yet he and I, two years ago, had the same amount of subscribers, and we're both still there. And and I kind of think, like, I, I know I'm not, you know, I can admit that I'm not putting this, the sort of effort into my videos that he does into his. And even then, uh, we're still both stagnating. And even during the time that I wasn't uploading videos at all, I was gaining many more subscribers than he was. It's like, that's just really, that's just a bummer, man. Uh, and, uh, you know... Okay, that's fine if I don't grow or find success. Uh, 
Uh, that's on me, but that that makes it seem like it's more it's it's a broader problem if if the people I look up to and the people that I I know pour so much in, into what they're doing are having the same problems. That just doesn't that that doesn't seem that doesn't mesh. That doesn't mesh, my friends. There's no message. Uh, message? Mesh. There's no mesh. It's a solid sheet of fabric. It is not meshed. Cavalove! Um, let's very quickly make another bed and do this thing for six days in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six. Bed, bed, bed. Break, break, break. Quick, quick, quick. Here comes death. <laughs> Alright, and dirt, dirt, dirt. Dirt, dirt, dirt. So yeah, I mean, we could talk until we're blue in the face about analytics and the changing audience and, and uh, YouTube Red and, and Google Plus and sub-feed problems, but just looking at that difference uh, is really kind of my reasoning for looking at other options. Not abandoning YouTube, not this, that, or the other, but other options. Let's go to sleep! Speaking of an option... And awakeness. Welcome to s episode uh, day. I almost said season. Day six of episode six hundred here in season six of Far Lands or Bust. This might be. We'll have to look at the archives. This might be the longest non-flabathon episode of Far Lands or Bust. So that there, my friends, because I've done four-day episodes. I think I've even done a couple five-day episodes. But I don't know that I've done a six-day episode, so this might be the longest non-flabathon Far Lands or Bust video thus far. And that, that kind of makes sense, I suppose. It's kind of kind of weird, you know, I could have very well split this up into two different episodes, but I'm not going to. This is just episode 600, and the next one is going to be 601. Just to, just to screw with the folks trying to calculate how many more episodes it's going to take to get to the Far Lands or whatever. Uh, let's see, I answered that question fairly well, I do say. If I do say so myself, and I do. Uh, let's look at... Okay, there's Wolfie. I don't want him to get trapped underneath the ice. Let's look at a question from yet another anonymous donor. Remember, when you do donate, do donate donuts. Mm. When you do donate to Child's Plate Charity through farlanserbus.com, uh, I don't... It, it's anonymous. It's by default anonymous... Um, it's the vast majority of donations are completely anonymous. So if you do want your uh, name or, you know, this question is from XYZ, uh, make sure to type XYZ, you know, whatever your username is, uh, in the comment box after your question. Um, otherwise, you're going to be one of these, these poor, completely anonymous souls uh, whose question goes un unclaimed. But I still appreciate, you know, that might be a choice, and that's great. Uh, I still appreciate the donations and the questions regardless. Uh, this one uh, asks, What are your thoughts on bottled water in my city? There is a trend for people to carry bottled water and refill at public points. Outside on the street, that's drain water. You can't do that from the streets. <laughs> it's not safe. Uh, outside on the street, in, in uh, bars and cafes, I read that the recommended water intake for adults is around 3,000 milliliters. Wouldn't that be three decaliters or something? Uh, a little over two-thirds of a gallon per day. Speaking of water, <laughs> six days through the desert. Ah. <sighs> I hope you heard that gross swallow sound. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I like I've said before, the only thing I do drink is water, coffee, and iced tea with meals. Iced tea. Uh, I guess kind of the sugar, sweet iced tea, the sugar content, I guess maybe kind of cuts the whatever salt content might be in the food I'm eating. <laughs> the, the two basic food groups, sugar and salt, <laughs> available in granule form. Yeah, so those that's the only thing I drink ever, and I certainly drink a lot more water now that I am a person who records and talks for uh, the job. And... Uh, yeah, so I've certainly been drinking a lot more water now. Uh, bottled water has kind of a little bit of an ecological impact. If you're talking about like the bought from a store bottled water, water, I'll only really resort to that if there's no other option, say at a convention, even though I do have my own refillable water bottle uh, at a convention or an airport or whatever, uh, when there's there's no other choice for clean water to carry with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I drink. I don't measure... I'm not feeling parched or, or dehydrated that much ever. Um, and, yeah, I don't... It's not really a thing in America to provide free water. In, in the airports, they have started to put next to the drinking fountains uh, water bottle refill stations... Because otherwise you're kind of just fumbling and trying to hold sideways your water bottle and it doesn't fill up all the way into the from the drinking fountain. So they've been installing ones that you just kind of put your bottle there and it fills uh, from the top, which is very convenient. I do wish they had those around more other places uh, as well. But yeah, I actually have a... I'm very pleased with my water bottle of choice, the Thermos Intac. I-N-T-A-K, I'm sure it stands for intake. But it's just uh, your standard, uh, your BPA-free reusable water bottle that has a very convenient flip top with a very nice secure clip that also has a, uh, a place that you can attach a, uh, like a clip to your backpack, a, a carabiner clip or whatever. And that's the one I take with me to airports and uh, conventions and stuff. Very pleased with that purchase. So much so that when I lost my first one, that I, I went ahead and bought another one. They kind of, they slightly revised the design that I wasn't too big a fan of. But it still works and it's still good. Um, so yeah, bottled water. Li- liquid hydration. Thumbs up from Kurt J. Mack. It's got the the seal of approval from Wolfie. The Wolfie McWolfington Esquire the Third Jr. Seal of approval. Let's see here. Whoop. JMSF32 asks, Do you have... Whoop, wrong one. Sorry. We... Oh, were... We... We, we? Me, we? Are you, we? Were there any games, video games, toys, or any other sort of item that you wanted but was never able to get? Um, as a kid, I very much, for whatever reason, many subsequent Christmases in a row wanted one of those magnetic electronic slot car racing tracks. They were all the rage and uh, didn't get one until one Christmas that I did. It was the, uh, what was it called? The Super Duper Double Looper. (laughs) It had loops, obviously, two of them. Uh, And it was the one that one of the loops was like broken in the middle. So you had to like kind of jump upside down to catch the other loop. 
I was so happy and set it up in the basement. Whoops, speaking of the basement, I fell into the basement there. It's a little, little wet. Uh, set it up in the basement only to discover that one of the cars didn't work. It was one of the, no, I don't think it was, it was one of the tracks. You know what I'm talking about, the slot cars. Little, you know, slot car racing. Uh, and, and I kind of now understand why my parents never bought me one because they're pretty dumb. <laughs> like, they don't, uh, you know, cheaply made and uh, probably offer minutes, minutes of entertainment. Um, yeah, one of the tracks just didn't work. It didn't have power. It didn't, it didn't work at all. So uh, set it up, found that out. Only one went around. Uh, so packed it back up and returned it. And I never got another one. So yeah, I think that was probably the one kind of item that I wanted but never got. I also wanted to get into uh, model airplanes, like the ones that actually fly. I made model plastic airplanes, models that don't do anything except model themselves. Um, I wanted to get into uh, RC, excuse me, yeah, remote control airplanes. I was going to hobby shops and stuff like that. Those don't exist anymore, do they? <laughs> uh, and uh, those are just too expensive uh, to, to warrant uh, remote-controlled airplanes, so I never got one of those either growing up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, eh, I mean, the, the, I never really wanted for too much, I don't think. For a while, myself and sisters wanted a Nintendo, and then we did eventually get that, so I guess that doesn't qualify for that question. Um... Yeah, um, that, that, those are probably the things that I can remember that I never actually ended up getting uh, growing up. Super duper double looper! I suppose also the crossfire! <laughs> Everybody wanted the crossfire just based on the, uh, the the commercial. And I think I even had a friend who had one, but lost all the little metal marbles. <laughs> crossfire! Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Woof! Computer. Oh, I thought this was computerizer, but no, this is somebody else. Computer with an I there. There's an I somewhere in there. Guess where? Uh, computer. Computer asks, "What is your favorite breakfast meal?" Breakfast meal. My most common breakfast meal as of late is oatmeal and gluten-free oatmeal, and I get little dried cranberries and sprinkle in the dried cranberries. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's my most frequent breakfast meal right now, and coffee, of course. Uh, I was for a while doing the gluten-free bagels, but I've since gotten off those. I, I have little... I go on uh, ebbs and flows and little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, I just have little consistent, like, trends, I suppose, where it's like, oh, it's, it's bagels for the next four months, and then I switch to something else. Um, but favorite... Um, I appreciate a good pancake French toast. My mom always made really good French toast, but of course French toast is a little bit more difficult to come by with the gluten-free situation. There are at a few... there around Phoenix? I don't know why or, or what the reasoning is. I suppose because everybody's up a lot earlier than normal because they try to get out and, and on with their day before it gets to be 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, breakfast places are, are around and in, 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 in high quality demand and, and just have 
really great breakfast places, is, is what I'm trying to say, uh, around the Phoenix area. And a couple of them have really good uh, scrambles. There's like a Sicilian scramble, which has like sausage, Italian sausage, and uh, cheese. They're like, you know, they're scrambles. Instead of omelets, they're scrambles. Cheeses and, and whatever, and uh, other stuff mixed in there. Um, or just a standard, a standard quote-unquote breakfast, which I know outside of the United States is not so standard. Uh, I found this out uh, talking to uh, Fabe, who's from Germany, who joined us for breakfast in uh, Boston. And uh, the standard breakfast here is like eggs, two or three eggs. I get them scrambled. Uh, toast or a pancake or, you know, whatever. Uh, some sort of bread item. Uh, some sort of potato item, your hash browns, your your uh, breakfast uh, potato fries, not fries, but you know, kind of whatever potato things. Uh, what else is included in that whole scenario? Toast, I already said the toast, uh, egg type of thing, a meat, your, your bacon or your sausage. Uh, there, there can be good stuff like that to be had uh, around. A lot of good, like I said, breakfast places, and a lot even that have gluten-free toasts for old Kurt J. Mac, or, or some places that have gluten-free. I've found some places that do gluten-free uh, pancakes and, and waffles, and even even some... Uh, there was a place... Oh, I just made three boats instead of actual beds here. Let's try that again. Uh, French toast, actually, at some... Which is, for some whatever reason, just harder to find. I remember back in, in, in Chicagoland, a place that would have gluten-free breakfast items. That is the opposite of what I wanted to do. Uh, well, got rid of one of those extra boats, I guess. The bed, the bed, put down the bed, Kurt. Forgot how this works. We've been walking for six days. We forgot the whole situation and schedule that we normally adhere to here in Farlands Busts. But yeah, now that we're about to go to bed, I'm glad I talked about breakfast. Uh, and I do appreciate, like I said, everybody's continued support for Farlands Bust Child's Play Charity Fundraiser over at farlandsbust.com. 600 episodes in the bag. Thank you very much for your patience with this one and, and everything else going on and uh, your support, uh, both for the charity, uh, people coming to my live streams who can, people uh, for through Patreon just supporting me personally for my work. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is very much appreciated. 600 episodes ago, I wouldn't have had a single clue that any of this sort of stuff would have happened. Uh, so I really appreciate it, and, and I thank you, and I'm looking forward, like I said, to 600 more episodes. Woo, cheesiness. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time.
Skeleton residue.